Hello, hello. You are listening to a brand new episode of TIPOD. And today we are covering a topic that, quite honestly, gets the best of many of us a lot of the time. We're going to be talking about self-sabotage. And we are joined today by Ashley Bowden, a speaker, coach, and heart encourager who helps people move from self-sabotage to self-support. Ashley has a passion for creating safe spaces for women to heal so that they can grow in impact, leadership, and success. And she's been featured in publications and events all across North America. The easiest way to her heart is through Soul Talk, hugs and donuts. I mean, who doesn't love a good donut? So I am really, really, really excited today to dig into this topic of self-sabotage because personally, I feel like, you know, especially as business owners who like to be on the go and super productive and all of those things all the time, sometimes we don't do some of those softer topics justice. And the reality is a lot of people know this by now, at least mindset matters so much. So if we are engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors, that really, really is going to impact not only us personally, spiritually, but also from a business perspective. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and Trained Industrial Organizational Psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIPOD. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So, Ashley, before I continue to ramble on about how great this topic that you're about to share with us is, I would love to turn it over to you and let you speak for yourself and just introduce yourself, tell us about who you are and how you came to be here today. Yes, I'm so, so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. I, as you said, I am, my name is Ashley and I am a self-sabotage coach. Basically, I'm super passionate about helping and teaching and creating spaces to facilitate that shift from self-sabotage to self-support. It is like, I would say for a lot of us, I was born out of my own story in my intimate journey with self-sabotage to some really extreme capacities. Um, And when I realized that self-sabotage was not this thing that made me flawed or super broken, but it was actually a way that a coping mechanism that I had developed to stay safe, I feel like it really shifted everything for me in realizing that like this is not something that I need to cut out of my life, but that this is something 
I simply need to heal. And that when I heal it, it actually becomes a resource and strength to me. Uh, And so that's been kind of like how I got into that work. But I've been running a business full time since 2013. And I've been like your classic creative, been all over the map, uh, doing a million different things. And I am so grateful to have landed in this space. Oh, I love it. And obviously, I don't love the fact that you struggled, but I do love the fact that it gives you, you know, a very genuine and honest foundation in this space. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about how you have seen, especially being a fellow business owner, right? (laughs) And you have personally dealt with it, but I'm sure you have seen a lot of examples of it in this space and just with business owners in in general. So can you talk to us about that? Yeah, about some of the ways that self-sabotage can really show up. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I feel like if you have strong self-sabotage mechanisms going on, which I would really love for you to, in your mind almost, to just reframe it as like, I like to say that it's really self-safety, not self-sabotage. And I think that knowing that, that knowing that, oh, well, like, this is just the way I stay safe can really help us to build more of a compassionate awareness for the ways that we hold ourselves back. Um, And business, you know, because it can be so vulnerable and it especially brings up a lot of, a lot of stuff about around being seen. And a lot of people have a lot of fear and wounds around being seen. And so self-sabotage can really show up around that, um, in a huge way in business, but there are sort of eight types that I've really outlined that, um, of ways that people self-sabotage, but the ones that I see the most often in business, I would say are probably the perfecter, the procrastinator and the people pleaser. They just all happen to start with the letter P, (laughs) but the, and I mean, I feel like even in the names, you're like, I totally know what those relate to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I totally have done that a million times. Yep. Um, but, you know, that the perfection piece really just pursuing that sense of like, is this perfect yet? Uh, this won't be ready till it's perfect. Uh, procrastination, you know, just always obviously waiting to the last minute and maybe never getting to things or getting to things with a really intense chaos and energy. Um or people pleasing comes up a lot with uh, entrepreneurs of like, I don't feel safe if people are upset with me. And so whether that's social media followers or uh, clients, there can be a real hypervigilance um, that can pop up to be like, do you love me? Do you, do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I can. The three I'll call them the three P's can totally relate. I I'll be super transparent, y'all. I'm probably my well. I need to hear the other five to be fair. But out of the three P's, it would probably be the procrastination for me. Mm-hmm. Yep, things get overwhelming or feel really big. I'm just like, well, I could try to start on that, but what's going to happen is I'm going to get stuck and then I'm going to get frustrated. So instead, I just won't start at all and I'll just binge an entire season of Grey's Anatomy and it'll be great. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Oh my goodness. Okay. So good. So we've got the first three. Uh, Did you say there were eight of them? Yeah, there are eight. Oh, break them down for us, ma'am. Break them down. Okay. Let's run into it. Uh, So this one, the next one is actually my type which is the shamer. 
Uh, and this type is I'm feels the safest when they feel bad. And so this is a type of like, it doesn't feel safe to feel good. And so they'll often sabotage success. Uh, mm. This type is also more prone to um, addictive or self-destructive behaviors because there's just that sense of, well, if it feels bad, then I'm okay. Then I, I'm safe. Um, then another one is the overthinker. So a lot of people who are perfectors could probably really resonate with this. Um where you just like overthink everything. Mm -hmm. and, uh, this type is like, I'm safest when other people tell me what to do. So a lot of these types in business will be like, I'm going to buy, I'm just going to keep buying courses or I'm going to keep hiring coaches, but I don't trust my, I never trust me. Like I never trust my opinion. And so it can lead into a lot of decision fatigue for one. Ooh. That okay, because I'm not one of the um, course buyers, but I've met quite a few, yes. and that's a very interesting perspective. Because you know, I I've seen some people who are like, yeah, I've spent twenty thousand dollars on coaching and courses in the last quarter. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they were like a client of mine, I I would probably start to ask the question of, um, why does it feel why does it feel easier to trust other people than to trust yourself? Mm -hmm. sit with that really sit with that um the next type is the assumer and this type it really reveals itself in language it's people who would say something like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna launch that product because no one would ever buy it anyway mm. like that assumption yep. um and why you know the safety that's sort of found in that is like what it's safe when things are familiar, when things are outside my control or I don't know what's going to happen. Like that's like danger zone. Uh, then the, another one is the guardian. So this is, you know, I'm safest when I'm guarded. Like I really don't, it's pretty dangerous to trust people and to let them in. This one would really come up in team building. Uh, Ooh, say more. Yeah. Because this one, you would find ways to sabotage, relationships with your team because it feels scary to let someone in to something that's vulnerable um so and this could partner with some of the other ones so i was thinking of some examples before we got on the call because mm -hmm. i've actually i've been like this in different ways with teams so i i really can speak to it from a personal place of like no one ever does anything good enough that's, that's a really big one oh, i hear that one all the time yeah. Yes. And I've also like to a uh, compliment to that one is no one ever does anything good enough. So not only do I hear that with people with existing teams, but I often hear that with people who have hired in the past, it didn't work out. And now they basically are refusing to let someone else in and trust them in that way again. And they're just like, no, I've I've fired three VAs. It never works out. It's not worth it. I'm over it. And we're just like, okay, let's slow down and ask ourselves some questions now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this one is mostly going to show up relationally because mm -hmm. of just the nature of, of not being able to trust people. Um, and then we have... The overworker, a big one for entrepreneurs. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> and this one is, I'm just safest when I'm busy or distracted. It's, you know, slowness or um, quietness, rest. Those things can feel super terrifying. Um, and then 
I think that's it. I think those were the eight. Uh, yeah, I feel like we've gone through a lot already. Yeah, th- those are the eight. Oh, man. And so you said that the first three, let me see if I can remember, procrastination, yes. people-pleasing, yes. and perfectionism, yes. right? Yes, gold star, Tiana. So the first three are the ones that you do witness show up in this space particularly often, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So I'm curious. I feel like you've already tapped into a lot of good examples already, but I would love to really just paint the picture for everybody. So do you have any, you know, (laughs) good stories or examples that you could give us about how this is really showing up for people in their daily lives, in their business lives, as they're leading teams, whatever uh, pops in your head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's start with the perfecter. Uh, so I'll just paint a picture of like how this pattern might show up for someone, um, in business. So I'll just do it, do it for all three. So the perfecter, you know, maybe there's this person and (laughs) they are, uh, getting ready to launch their website. You know, maybe they've been working with clients a little bit here and there, but they're ready to like kind of take things to the next level and launch this website. Well, it's, you know, a couple months pass, six months, and they just find themselves stuck in really finessing it, um, like tweaking it, maybe hiring and then hiring more people, copywriters, designers, SEO, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there's just this constant delaying, like it's not good enough yet. It's not perfect yet. There still needs to be more. Um, I don't have all, like, I don't have all my shop listings up. I don't have all the services on my website. Uh, and really under underline the surface, I would say there that for this person in this example, the feeling is I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And what's really under that is I'm not ready to be seen because I'm scared that I'm less than enough. Mm. So that's a, a example of how a cycle with perfectionism um, could play out. And a lot of times with these, it's like you're going to, when you really get into the nitty gritty of someone's story and how their self-sabotage operates, you're going to have like multiple usually self-sabotaging tendencies like partner up together. Um, and so, I mean, then you could get, I mean, procrastination could get in there or or the people pleasing or overthinking, et cetera. Then for uh, the procrastinator, I feel like you painted a really good example. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's just my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Procrastinator, uh, is, yeah, basically it's like, you know what you have to do in a day. Maybe you have this idea that you're working on. You're doing client work, but you're just always leaving things to the last minute. I say that with uh, procrastinators, that part of it is really physical because Likely, if you've been procrastinating for a long time, there's pro- it probably impacts your nervous system a lot of like, I need a sense of pressure and chaos and adrenaline mm-hmm. in order. Oh, my God. <laughs> will say, oh, I can never do things early. Like, I need to feel the pressure or whatever. Um, and I'm like, do you? <laughs> Ashley, you are speaking directly into, I was just having a conversation with my mom about this this morning, like literally where, you know, I've, I've taken some strategies and gone to see some people. So we're getting things in order now, but I will be fully transparent and say I was a hundred percent 
that business owner who's just like, okay, but if it's due, you know, Black Friday's coming up, right? Or any launch is coming up and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm three months out. I'm good. And then all of a sudden it's the day before something's supposed to go live and we're just putting the final tweaks on the product. And it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) And every time I'd be like, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I feel like, you know, a lot of people who you know, can teeter on feeling burnout, I would say a lot of them can be procrastinators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really how you, yeah, how you're operating in your work and really, and really like partnering with that adrenaline that's going to take a real toll on your physical health. And I, I, I will tell you that my physical health was at peak worstness <laughs> when I was doing that specifically, you know, through high school and whatnot, college, uh, upper graduate, all of that stuff. That was bad. But I will say, particularly in business, with the additional just pressure, right, that comes with this is my business. It's my face on this. It's my name on this. Like, I have to be able to stand by this. That additional pressure it very much took a toll physically. And that was kind of the, I think after the very first launch I did, for me, it was my tipping point in being like, okay, there has to be a better way to go about this that isn't going to make me need to sleep for a week after a launch because I have just physically exhausted myself. Yeah, absolutely. Like those crashes. Mm Mm-hmm. Real. It's real. So real. Okay. I'm not going to monopolize with my procrastination stuff. Sorry, y'all. Okay. What's next? (laughs) This one can show up in a couple different ways. So one way it could show up is if you have a certain attachments or ties to different voices in your life on the way things should be. And so like, if and even sometimes it can be like, not even someone you know, but like the way that you the way that things should be done. Um, it's weird, but it's like this feeling of like, if I do something different, like it's going to upset someone or it's going to upset the system. Or if my parents told me like that, this is what I should be focusing on. And I don't do that. Then someone's going to be upset. So it can show up in that way, but it can also show up in the people that we're actually interacting with in our businesses, whether they're people on our team, clients or social media followers. And this is like, uh, is you're just constantly aware of the energy and desires of other people. And you're probably more aware of the desires and energies of other people than your own. Um, And so it's kind of a little bit of a constant self-betrayal of like, I am so focused on, like, for example, like let's say they're in a call with a client and they're so, you're so fixated and focused on like the facial reactions that the person's making. Do they look like they're loving this? Do they look like they're hating this? Do they want to hang up on me? That mm-hmm. you even, like you can't serve at your best in full capacity because you're so consumed and concerned um, about how they're doing or like, but it's more than how they're doing. It's more like, are they loving or hating me? Because mm-hmm. if they are upset, I'm going to take it personally. And these people also, the way it can also show up is like you cram so much value because you're, because not because you want to, but because you're afraid of someone being upset. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or of just, just that rejection, right? Just that feeling of they don't think I was worth it. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I could see how that one would absolutely show up for a business owner. Man. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. 
Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. <laughs> so I am actually very, very curious about this next question I've been wanting to ask you. Um And it's just around, you know, new business owners is one thing, and there's a whole host of challenges that come with that. But then I was thinking into, you know, how business owners start to scale and really build and grow. So now we're moving into, wow, they're pulling multiple six figures. They're pulling seven figures. They're so visible in whatever their niche or their space is. And I was wondering, do you find that there's some sort of like relationship between self-sabotage and like getting that increase in responsibility and visibility and all that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, One of the things I talk about is that one of the big triggers for self-sabotage is overwhelm. And when you start getting an increased sense of either responsibility or visibility, that it can lead to a feeling of overwhelm depending on your story and your emotional tolerance. But why overwhelm can really trigger self-sabotage is because normally when we're overwhelmed, we are going to go into a stress response. So like maybe we're going to shut down or we're going to like pick fights or we're going to run away. (laughs) And uh, when you're in a stress response, the the mission is survival. Like the mission is we just got to get through this and we just got to stay safe. The mission is not like, how can this feel good? (laughs) Or (laughs) how can I thrive here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) When your system, your inner like internal system is alerted to the fact that you're in survival. That's prime time for yourself. Sabotage to step up and say, I got you. Like, let's get you back into a sense of safety. Um, And so you know, that that sense of overwhelm can trigger that sense of survival and that survival can um, trigger the self-sabotage. And so, and I think that, you know, that's just one example, but I feel like that's a big example in that question because a lot of times when things are increasing like that, it can lead to a lot of overwhelming feelings, not only like physical overwhelm of like, oh, like I have a lot more people on my team or I have so much Mm -hmm. more things to do. But also sometimes like an emotional overwhelm of like, oh, like I have a lot more to lose or I'm dealing with self-doubts that I didn't even know I had, um, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Entrepreneurship has a way of bringing light to some challenges internally that we didn't even know we had. (laughs) Um, since you mentioned the trigger of overwhelm, I'm super curious, are there any other triggers that we should kind of be on the lookout for so we can recognize this? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so, I mean, triggers are, are real, I mean, like triggers for anything are going to be like super obviously custom to the person. Um, and really 
really based on trauma or pain from the past. Um, the way that I just, which I didn't really go into this, but the way that I, the very simple sort of explanation of how I see um, self-sabotage operate for people is that it's basically made up of three parts. So like you in this moment, adult you, this um, inner child, whether that's a younger part of you or there's just this part of you that's carrying pain or unresolved trauma. And then this third part of you, the self-sabotager, which is like a protected part. And so, which is why like a lot of times when people are self-sabotaging, they, you'll often hear people say things like, I don't, I don't know why I keep doing this. Or like, I really want to make this happen. Why do I keep screwing it up? And it's because adult is like, yeah, this is a great idea. But your inner child is probably like, why are you, like, why are you doing this? Like, I'm terrified of criticism or I'm terrified of rejection. Um, and so it'll flag. What I say is that flags the protective part, flags the self-sabotager and says, like, get involved here. Like, we need to this safety, um, which is why when you're really looking at healing self-sabotage, a lot of it has to do with healing trauma, healing the inner child, and then also really practicing self-support. And so some of the trick, a lot of the triggers are going to be related to your trauma. So like common things around that are like when we don't feel safe, when um, we feel like we're going to be seen to a greater capacity, when um, when when like there's criticism or rejection that has just happened um but if you really want to get clear on what yours are i would say just look um just look into a little bit of the pain that you've carried in the past and the things that you're most afraid of and those will be your those will be your triggers so good so so good i'm just thinking like the awareness alone could really, you know, they always say like, acknowledge the problem. But yeah, I just think the awareness alone could really begin to help on that healing journey that you mentioned way at the beginning of our conversation. So that was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So we've talked about, you know, how self-sabotage shows up at work, how it's showing up in our personal lives, some of the, um, you know, examples of the eight types, and then the triggers to look out for. So now I'm like, okay, it's been kind of, ha- we've been laughing, but it's been a little gloom and doom, right? Like we're like, yeah, all this self-sabotage. So what can we do to make it better? I know you're always talking about self-support and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I one of the things that I like to tell people is that when you think of self-sabotage, um, you know, and really sort of developing more of a compassionate perspective of it like not not assigning judgment or shame to it but seeing it all as information so if you notice that you're like for example if you notice that you keep procrastinating instead of being instead of like judging it or shaming it and be like I gotta get rid of that what if you could just use it as information that wow like there um there's a part of me that's like really overwhelmed and scared there's part of me that's nervous. What if this actually is a success? There's part of me that's nervous that if I put this out there, it's going to be criticized. We want to get away from this idea of like just behavior management mm-hmm. um, and really get into, wow, like this is really letting me know that I'm I'm overwhelmed right now and I'm scared. So how can I meet myself in these moments with support and compassion? Self-support is... 
I mean, it can be described a, a bunch of different ways, but I would say it's ultimately the practice of meeting yourself with gentleness and compassion. Um, and so that's going to, that could look a million different ways. I mean, that could look like, um, the way that you talk to yourself, that could look like loving action that you take towards yourself that could look at like, what is the stuff that I really need right now? And how can I offer that to myself? Um, but really I would say the practice of self-support is about softening. It's about softening that harshness. You know, a lot of people who operate in self-sabotage, the aftermath of self-sabotage, or even in the middle of it, there's so much harshness. Like, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with me? Will I ever get it together? Et cetera, et cetera. Those things don't help you. They actually deepen your need for self-sabotage. And so self-support in those moments is like, you know, maybe some self-compassion. Like, wow, it makes so much sense that I am trying to stay safe right now because I'm really scared that if I put this out there, that no one's going to buy it. And like, how can I meet myself in this moment? Like, how can I bring some soothing or some grounding or some um, gentleness to the parts of me that feel really afraid? And that's sort of the practice of 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 active self-support I also talk about a lot about like how can you layer self-support um so like for example if you're doing something that's really scary to you or where you're gonna have to be seen you know really like operating within your or knowing what your triggers are asking yourself like how can I still move forward with this but how can I layer self-support into it um so example like and it can be really simple like some examples I give are like I don't know. Let's say you're going to do an interview and you're super nervous. Can you have like, um, can you have like an affirmation that you wrote on your hand or can you have like a cup of coffee or tea that you love? Or can you like wrap yourself uh, or put a blanket (laughs) on your lap? Uh, Mm -hmm. What are things that are going to be soothing and supportive to you in the midst of continuing to move forward? I think that there's this thing that happens sometimes where people think, which I talked about this on my Instagram recently about like, we think like, Oh, like growth happens outside my comfort zone and I got to move forward. And we almost like, are like, I just need to get through this. Like I, I just yeah. push through this, but you can meet yourself with kindness and comfort um, as you do the things that make you totally uncomfortable. Oh man. Yes. I love this. And you're right. Like we do, especially as entrepreneurs, it's like, I'm just going to give a shock to my system and I'll yeah. get over it. <laughs> I'll muscle through and I'll be fine. But I love what you're saying and like what's really coming to to the front of my mind right now. And as I'm thinking about this is the importance of finding that root almost like that root cause analysis almost. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, I'm I'm feeling like I'm about to start procrastinating or I am procrastinating. I'm using myself as an example again, y'all, but I am procrastinating. And it's like, hmm. Can I identify like what that trigger was, what I'm afraid of or what I'm fearing or, you know, all of those things and then meet yourself with kindness. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, man. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to continue to do my own work. But Ashley, you have given us so much goodness. My favorite part, honestly, about chatting with you about this is the fact that it's very actionable stuff, right? Like a lot of times we talk about things that are very high level. It's just like, okay, I'm never actually going to put this into practice. But this is one of those things that we can all really put into practice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Oh, man. Okay. So is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? And if not, I would love it if you could just give everybody just a final word, a final piece of encouragement or what have you as they go on this, like eliminating the self-sabotage and bringing in the self-support. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I wish you would have asked me what my favorite donut is. Ma'am, what is your favorite donut? (laughs) It's also so funny because I'm at my table right now and I've been doing a puzzle that's like full of donuts. (laughs) Um, But, well, because I love bright color. So normally if the donut is bright colored, I'll like get it just for the look. But my favorite taste is like a sour cream glazed donut. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. That's a fancy one. I don't even know if I've ever had one of those. Yeah, I was wondering, because you know I live in Canada. Uh-huh. I was wondering. That may be a Canadian thing, huh? Yeah, we'll have to. Look. Now I want one. Oh, there's Can you, one. like, overnight one to me real quick? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how it'll be when it gets there. <laughs> Very questionable. Maybe we shouldn't do that. I'll just have to wait till I go back up to Toronto when the world opens back up. <laughs> Oh, man, Ashley, it has been an absolute joy. I would love it if you could share with everyone where they can connect with you, because I know that they're going to want to hear more about all of this goodness, self-supportive love. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Instagram or find my stuff there at Ashley.Bowden and AshleyBowden.com. Also, I have a quiz if you want to figure out what your self-sabotage type is. Yes. Dude, it's on the website? beautiful. So we will make sure to link all of those good things in the show notes per usual. But Ashley, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It was our absolute pleasure. Thank you. 